This is The Lydia Project, Conversations with Christian Women. Our name is inspired by the life-changing conversation that Lydia had with Paul, recorded in Acts 16. On this podcast, you'll hear from a variety of women whose lives have also been impacted by the truth of the gospel. Your hosts, Tori Walker and Taryn Hayes, hope that you too will be challenged and inspired by how the gospel truths are being worked out in the lives of their guests, ordinary women who serve an extraordinary God. Today, your host is Tori Walker. Hey friends, it's great to be in your ears again. We hope you're well. As Mother's Day was approaching this year, Taryn and I had the idea that we could ask our kids some questions about us as their mothers. And then we thought we could introduce it by just having a bit of a chat about motherhood in general and Mother's Day and a few associated topics. As we were thinking and chatting about this, we kept deciding not to do it because it just felt a bit awkward to sort of talk about our own roles as mothers and then ask our kids about it. And then we decided to do it because we knew that as listeners of podcasts that we actually really kind of enjoyed getting that behind the scenes, lighthearted look about people's lives and especially people who we knew a bit through listening to a podcast. So with a sense of awkwardness, we did continue on and we hope that you find it fun and enjoy listening. We certainly found it really instructive and learnt quite a bit along the way. I have to say that my kids were not prepped and it certainly shows in the answers they gave and the whole time they were wriggling around. I think it was like at the end of five weeks of being inside most of the time and this was particularly at the end of a day where we hadn't gone out probably for about 48 hours. So. They really had the wriggles and it was all a bit crazy. But I also learned that I need to tell my kids what I pray for them. So on with the conversation and we hope you enjoy. Welcome to our special Mother's Day edition of the Lydia Project. Now, Taryn and I are both mothers, so we thought it'd be fun to do a little bit of a different kind of episode for you guys. Taryn, tell me, what do you know about the origins of Mother's Day? Pretty much nothing. Tori, tell me, what are the origins of Mother's (laughs) Day? (laughs) Well, look, I didn't know until this year, but actually it was first celebrated just a bit over 100 years ago when this lady, Anna Jarvis, wanted to hold a memorial service for her mum at St Andrew's Methodist Church in West Virginia. And the reason she wanted to do that is because her mum had cared for wounded soldiers during the Civil War and she wanted to honour her mum and continue her work and kind of use this day to sort of promote that work. So it's kind of got nice origins. I had no idea. Funnily enough, she ended up campaigning against Mother's Day because she felt it became too commercial. Ah. So she was really into people honouring their own mothers, not mothers generally. So she was really specific about where the apostrophe was in Mother's Day. She wanted it to be Uh, Mother apostrophe apostrophe S S. day, not Mother's apostrophe day because she thought that was a bit meaningless to kind of honour mothers everywhere. She just wanted people to kind of tell their own mothers that they appreciated them and maybe give them a little handmade card and honour them. And yeah, I think I quite like that original idea of hers. Yeah, totally. How about you? I've kind of swung the other way. So I felt, 
Uh, I've had varying feelings about Mother's Day over the years. When I was younger, I loved it. Give my mom some, you know, something homemade, and it was exciting. But then I saw the tension around me as I got older of married mums who had grown up in families where the expectation was they needed to honour their mum. And then I saw the pressure that brought and how much hard work these married mums with children were doing to honor their mum-in-law and their mum on the day, you know, cooking, and it just was this big thing. And I thought, no, wait a minute, what is this all about? It sounds a bit like Christmas, what you're saying. Like it's meant to be this fun get-together, but yeah. often it can get really stressful, which is sort of not the intention of it, hey? Yeah, and then there's all this obligation and resentment and all these negative feelings. And, you know, that's what I observed anyway. And then I thought, oh, you know, we could engineer this. It should be for mums who are actively raising their children right now. And then, uh, long story short, I eventually settled down on opposite to what the original idea was in that actually just to honor the the station of motherhood, you know, that role is, is something worth doing. Yeah, I used to like Mother's Day when I was a kid and, you know, making brekkie in bed for mum and all that kind of thing. And then when I became a mum, it was a special day, although I had very mixed feelings going to church on Mother's Day because people would try and make a special deal and it kind of felt special. But then exactly the same time, I felt really bad for people who weren't mums, who wanted to be mums or had mixed feelings about their own mums or motherhood in general and so it always just sort of sat a bit funny with me like I think I was happy for it to just be inside our own family and then me giving my mum a call or a gift or something my own mum but then anything outside of that I feel very mixed about. I totally totally that's the thing that's always stumped me and I've thought about quite a lot over the years is how do we find that balance between honoring your mum or honoring mothers because that's a beautiful role to to highlight but at the same time take into consideration the people for whom that's really really hard and I mean you mentioned some of the reasons why and some of them don't it might just be because they have a terrible relationship with their own mother or you know as Mm -hmm. you said as well they've lost lost a child aren't able to have children the list is long and that's painful Mm. because then it's your loss is highlighted on such a day of joy so what's the solution Taryn? I think where I kind of tentatively land is that something that causes us to feel such loss is usually something really wonderful and really good when we feel that pain it's because we're missing out on that good thing so do we not celebrate it because it can cause others hurt I don't know I often want to put myself in the shoes of those people because I am a mum and I have a mum I'm not motherless yet and I'm not mother of less yet and hopefully never, but I hope that I would be able to use that day as a day just to be grateful for for what God has blessed people with in mothers and and what he created in mothers, to be thankful for that is what I hope I'll be able to be. What do you think? Yeah, I love the fact that I can be grateful for my mum and my kids can be grateful for me. I think that's really precious and I appreciate that. As I think about people for whom it's a hard day, I think the way I want to acknowledge that for me personally is just a private word or a private message rather than putting something up on Facebook, you know, thinking of all those who can't Mm. be mothers today or something like that. I find that personally probably not my style. What would your ideal Mother's Day look like? Definitely time spent with my family. No fighting. (laughs) (laughs) 
Mum doesn't have to do anything. I don't really care so much for gifts. I care more for words. So as stereotypical and cliched as it sounds to say, oh, sweetheart, a handwritten card is all I need. That's actually exactly what I want because my love language is definitely words. And I love that. So when the kids put in extra effort and write words, what about you? Yeah, look, I think um, brekkie in bed is a pretty key way to start. And I totally agree, like a handmade gift or or just something thoughtful, like a card or picking some flowers or something like that is just delightful. It's always a Sunday. So we always go to church, which is nice. And then, yeah, I'm with you. I just, I do really love spending time with my family doing something like going to the beach or going for a bike ride or Tell me, Taryn, what things did you learn from your own mum that you valued and you now do with your own children? I think the thing that I really valued about my mum was time to talk. She would be available to listen and I really loved that. So as a kid growing up, especially my teen years, sitting on the edge of the bed in the evenings and just kind of offloading about the day and chatting and her being a really good listening ear. And now I find myself doing it. And sometimes it's 11 o'clock at night and I have teenagers having to offload all sorts of things and I'm trying to stay awake. And I remember my mum struggling to stay awake and I'm like, here I am. I'm here. (laughs) Never thought I'd get you, but here I am. Oh, love it. What about you? Yeah, my mum was great at enthusing us about good things. So she'd be like, oh, look at this new salad. It's just going to taste fantastic. And let's go to the beach. We'll have a great time. And I do That's find myself you get doing that with my kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. If you could rewind and do things differently as a mum, what things would they be? I'd love to work on patience. That underscores so many things that I might do differently. Patience, patience, trusting God, spending more time caring about what he thinks than I care about getting somewhere or having something done or time or clean enough or those kind of things. What about you? Oh, like a million things and, you know, still in the middle of it. So it's a bit hard to reflect. But one thing as I look back, I can see was hardly ever productive was getting angry or frustrated when I was angry or frustrated, as in letting that out actually never really helped the situation. You know, like if someone was dawdling to get ready for school And that made me really frustrated because we're going to be late and blah, blah, blah. Me getting angry actually never sped things up or actually helped the situation. So, yeah, looking back, that would be one that I would definitely change. What do you find hardest about motherhood at the moment? I think what I actually find hardest is less about motherhood and more about me and my own sinfulness because I want time. I want to be able to do what I need to do or what I want to do when I want to do it. And there's a large demand of my time. I remember many years ago, dear, dear woman, she had six children. And she said one of the things she found the most difficult was not being able to finish a task because it was always interrupted either by a child needing something or needing to be somewhere. And she really struggled with that. And I went, oh, that's interesting. And then I had kids. <laughs> and I went, ah, I see what you mean. And I think I struggled with that because it, it kind of feeds my impatience. I really have to work on that. And it's a constant struggle. I have to kind of adjust my tone and remind myself constantly that this child is more important than what I've got going on. Sometimes what I've got going on is more important than the child's thing. So I have to find balance as well, obviously. But I do find that really, really hard. That and also 
one of, one of the difficult things, and it's again a time thing and a you're having time to really listen is to know where all my kids are at emotionally. And some kids communicate more than others. And so just keeping the thing on the pulse, I find that difficult. But then again, it reminds me that I'm not God and it makes me pray more, which, which is a good thing, I reckon. Absolutely. What about you? What's, what's tough? Wanting to have long, deep and meaningfuls with my kids and them not necessarily wanting that. So I think especially as they start to enter the, the moody teenage years, um, having long chats with mum is not kind of high on their daily list of desires right now. So that, that's what I find hard. Mama, boys, sorry. I need to lend you my girls. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I do yes. once a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about mothering do you reckon you find easy? Hugs and kisses because that's part of my personality. Tell me, what do you find about mothering that's easy? I don't know. It's not really a category that I've sort of thought of. Oh, I'm finding this easy. I mean, I find it easy when easy being a parent when I take them to the beach. Yeah. <laughs> um, I find it easy to laugh with them. I think I am finding it an easy patch at the moment. They're not very demanding on my time, which is both, I guess, the positive and the negative. But the yeah. positive is that, I'm not feeling constantly interrupted or constantly my time is um, demanded. So, like, on a positive note, that's probably easy from a time point of view. What intentional decisions have you made around parenting that, that you're glad you've made? Probably not strictly in the category of parenting, but in raising children, one of the things I really wanted to do intentionally from when they were little was establish traditions with them, price-centred traditions. So. Christmas time, doing things that were particularly focused on Jesus and his birth and Easter time, doing things that were particularly focused on his death and resurrection. And throughout the year, having different things that just, you know, their birthdays, having um, particular traditions that they can expect year on and year out, that really kind of built in and around who Jesus is and why he came. And so I'm glad we've done that because it's taught them so much about Jesus over the years, but also they love it. And that's so rewarding for me because they, you know, they're in their teenage years now, most of them. And they often tell me, I can't stop this. I can't stop that particular tradition or I have to do it this particular way because we've always done it that way. And there's so much joy in it. And they love that. And I'm, so I'm really, really glad that when they were really little, I thought quite intentionally about those kind of things. And I think also thinking through, thinking ahead. So when they were little, I would often spend time thinking ahead to the different stages of life and, and kind of thinking what would expectations would I have around that time? What would I want from them, not want from them? And so like one thing that we decided, as you know, is not to let the kids date until they were of a certain age. And that was quite intentionally thought through and partly because Craig and I dated from a very young age. And so we know the pitfalls. Um, and I'm glad we did that and made that decision at an early age because we could talk to them about it before they were actually old enough to consider doing that. And so it was very much part of the fabric of our family and how we speak and how we think. And so it was just that much easier to accept when they got to the age when they were like, oh, actually, maybe I would like to date. I'm glad we did that. Those are two things I'm glad we did. What about you, Tori? I've got nothing. I'm listening to you talk and I'm thinking, yeah, no, nothing. Nothing that... <laughs> Come on, you're a planner. I, I don't know. 
to have fun. <laughs> I, th- you know, you laugh, but I am so admiring of how you do that intentionally in ways that that your your kids just respond to so well. So yeah, like I've like I've seen it in numbers of different ways, and it's maybe not intentionally as an oh, I, you know, things I did when my kids were little and I planned for the future and all that, but in the that in the moment intentionality or in the event intentionality i've seen that and your kids respond well and my kids benefit it's awesome <laughs> i did read a book where a mum with grown-up kids said she was intentional about always wanting her kids to say their best times were with their family and i think i do yeah i do sort of want that okay boys so you know how i've got a podcast mm-hmm. well are you not editors. I actually want you to be my interviewers slash guest because you know how Mother's Day is coming up. No. <laughs> Good one. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Okay, guys, newsflash. Guys, scramble. Mother's Day is coming up. Maybe, maybe we can, maybe we can does it change one? every year? Is it one of those, like, second Sundays? Second Sunday in May. Oh, I got it. Oh, guys, maybe we can get together a card or something. Anyway, between the three of us, I'm sure we'll be able to think of something. Yeah. Darren and I thought that it would be fun to do a little Mother's Day special for our podcast. I've got some questions here. (laughs) I'll ask and those two can answer. No, no, I want everyone to answer. How did I become a Christian? Who knows? You, you went to started going to a youth group to meet boys and then yeah a friend brought you along you met the cutest boy of all Jesus oh that's terrible <laughs> but kind of close and what's something that I always say to you I love you that's much nicer could you make me a decaf <laughs> <laughs> what's something I always say to you Simeon I'm just trying to think um... how about you I'm feeling nervous about being recorded Simeon <laughs> Don't worry, three quarters of this is going to be cut anyway. Correct. What's something I always say to you? Can I have your iPad? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. You loved me first. Ah, yeah, that's true. What is something that makes me happy? Tea and toast on a Sunday morning. What's something that makes me sad? Not having coffee in the morning. Decaf coffee in the morning. (laughs) Decaf coffee any time of the day. What do you think I pray for when I pray for you? What's something I pray oh, yes. for you, do you reckon? Yes, Ben. My food. Mm, I haven't actually prayed for your food much. That's why it's still there. That's right. <laughs> What's something that you reckon I pray for you, Ethan? Um, I don't know. What different ministry do you think I'm involved in? What's a ministry? Ministry is serving God in some way. Right. That's a good one. Podcast podcast evangelism evangelism yep going to church yeah i mean going to church you can sort of go as a spectator but you can also actually go to serve other people can't you if i became famous what would it be for not your singing (laughs) 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 um the the ability to say 40 something from matters it matters it's every woman the decades. She was for her cooking skills. Mm. Is a very good I remember you're partly famous for the Lydia Project. Mm-hmm. Like, not famous. Niche famous. Maybe the Lydia Project. Mm. Yeah. Or coffee taster. What is something that I am really good at? 
Not drinking decaf. Loving your family. Oh, you're the best. Cooking That's a dinner. nice answer. <laughs> Cooking dinner. What? For, for the listeners, Ethan is currently on his back with his legs in the air doing a weird kind of split thing. <laughs> um, ben, you might be well placed to answer this question. What What is something I'm not, not true. good at? I mean, let's start the list. You're 14. You're at peak age for parent I'm criticism. Oh, okay. Oh, there's something I'm not good at. Remembering ages. Um, you put it on Facebook as well. You said, "Oh, my 14-year-old's going to play the last post." Oh. <laughs> they grow up so fast. <laughs> What's something I'm not good at? I'm not in a position to give an unbiased answer to this question. No, you're not. But we we do want the unbiased. Oh, answer. I know. Twelve times tables. Oh, that is so true, actually. <laughs> okay. What makes you proud of me? I think it would be easier to answer what makes... what, How mum manages to embarrass us every single moment oh, in public. Actually, that is a much better question. How have I embarrassed Sneezing. you lately? Oh, my sneezes. Oh, yep. my gosh. Sneezing. Go, Simon! <laughs> My cheering at sports events. Yep. Ben. Go, go Simachu! Start the list. <laughs> go, go Simachu! Now, Ben, I feel like we haven't plumbed the depths of the ways that I can embarrass you. It's pretty much by talking to you in public, isn't it? And it just goes on from there. All right, here's a question that each of you need to answer because it'll be different for each of you. How are you and mum the same? Ethan, uh, how are you and I the same? We're extroverts. Simo? I mean, we're both, we're both different. We're both sensitive, I guess. We're both, we can both cook, sort of well. Says the boy who's cooking dinner right now. Mm-hmm. No, he's not. Sitting on a chair. No, he's actually cooking dinner right now. There is something cooking right now. Ben, how are you and I the same? Both organised. Mm, lovely. Ben, we're going to start with you for this last second last one. How do you know that I love you? I don't. <laughs> There's the rub. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk after the podcast. Simo, how do you know I love you? Because of the things that you don't do. Ooh, what are you thinking? Like... You don't sort of stay mad or angry even if I do lots of bad stuff. Yeah, like Ethan, you genuine. alone are taking up more of the bed than mum and dad both do when they're sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> You're like genuine when you say thanks. What is something that keeps me standing firm as a Christian? You're always praying. You've got like a schedule of what you want to pray for. Keeps you dependent on God for most things outside of your control. Hmm. All things outside of your control, really. Um, I think you really enjoy fellowship with other Christians at church. Ethan, come out from under the bed. Yeah. Come out. And oh, here he comes. What's something that keeps me standing firm as a Christian? Your legs. And you have a list of things you should, like, pray about. Hmm. Thanks. 
All right. But Thanks. mainly your legs. Mainly my legs. All right. Thanks, boys. Thanks for being my guests on the Lydia Project. Oh, it's been <laughs> a very interesting interview. So now I'm here with my other son, Josh, because he's come over for dinner. And so I get to ask him the questions. This is a special, special postscript to the special Mother's Day edition. <laughs> That's how professional we are here at yeah. the Lydia Project Podcast World. All right. First question, Josh. How did I become a Christian? I remember I remember this story. You were, One of your friends was um, talking about how hot the boys were at a youth group. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you went along just for the boys, I think. I think I remember you telling me this story. It wasn't <laughs> that they were hot. It was that they could drive cars. Right. And my friend didn't stay. So in my defense, it was not the boys that kept me there. I've just got to have that on the record for posterity. Right. And it was because the youth group taught us the Bible yeah. and taught us about the gospel of Jesus. That's how I became a Christian. What is something that I always say to you? Get a haircut? <laughs> yep. <laughs> what do you think I like about living as a Christian? I don't know, actually. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. That is my yeah. favourite thing about being Christian, being forgiven. What do you think I find hard about living as a Christian? I don't really know again. But I suppose <laughs> for the, the thing that anyone might find hard about being a Christian is sort of not being able to do everything that you see other people doing. I suppose, I don't know if that's something that you find hard. No. Not really. Yeah, don't know. <laughs> yeah, I get it when, like, you know, as a 17-year-old, but no, yeah. for me, it's it's probably, probably what I find hard is that for a lot of people that I'm close to, what is most important in my world is not the most important thing in their world if they're yeah. not a Christian, and I find that really hard. Mm. And I find hard the fact that they might be separated from God forever. That's pretty heavy. What do you think I pray for you when I pray for you? Hmm. Well, I'm happy and doing all right. I hope. <laughs> I'll add that to the make, list. Yeah. <laughs> Making good decisions and I do pray safe. that you make good decisions. Yeah. I do pray that you'd stay safe. Yeah. Yeah, I pray that you would... Uh, live consistently and all right what kind of ministry am i involved in i help out at kids church on and off uh semester more off this year than more on. off this year yeah, I'm not well you have in the year. past yeah, yeah i definitely have. um yeah that was fun i enjoyed doing church. that with you that good was fun. good you host your uh, growth group i do yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'll do. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a quiz. Did I, did I pass? <laughs> You're like, oh my gosh, am I getting it right? Okay, you don't have to worry about knowing the right answer to this one or not. If I become famous, what will it be for? I think it'll be for being the mother of Josh Walker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is something I'm really good at? Cooking. Oh, yes. And what's something I'm really not good at? Oh, gosh, Mum. Muting my phone. Not good at it. I just, I can't think of anything. <laughs> you're, just, you're just fabulous at everything. <laughs> uh, technology sometimes mm -hmm. can be uh, not so much a strong point. Yep. What's something that makes you proud of me as your mum? I'm sure there's something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you cut me real deep. 
All right, we've got three to go. Three to go. How are you and I the same? How are we similar? Yeah. I reckon we're both social. Like, we yeah. both like social stuff. Yeah, I think I'm more social within a group of friends that I built up over a while, whereas you're happy to just be social anywhere. But we're still anytime. social. Yeah, anytime. Anywhere, anytime. <laughs> <laughs> yep. How do you know I love you? You don't? It's, <laughs> it's so on the spot. Because you say you love me. I do. You do. What do you think is something that keeps me standing firm in Christ? The knowledge of forgiveness. Oh, a beautiful bookend yeah. to what I love about being a Christian. Yeah. I'm sitting in the lounge with my kids and I'm going to ask them a bunch of questions about me. And before we do that, I want to introduce you to them. So starting at the very top, we have... Um, I'm Kira and I'm 17. I'm Katie and I am 15. I'm Sam and I'm 13. I'm Micah and I'm 11. So these are my kids and I have a bunch of questions related to being a mum that I'm going to ask them just in the light of Mother's Day coming up. So here we go. Let's find out what they know or what they think about me. Starting with first question, how did mum become a Christian? I mean, I um, remember you telling us a story about um, when you were lying in the grass and you first believed something, I think, was what you said. I just remember you felt really happy and you ran to tell your parents. You grew up in a Christian household. Well, you you didn't always grow up in a Christian household. I think your parents became Christians a little bit later on. Um, So you went to church as you were, like, a little bit older and you became a Christian one day outside. You were lying in the grass. So I was lying in the grass, had been playing with the dogs, and everything that I'd been learning at Sunday school all kind of came together in that moment, and I went, I actually want to trust Jesus. So that's right, snippets of my, my story. My next question is, what is something mum always says to you? Yes, mum, I'll obey all the way the happy way. And do I say that? Well, no, you say, uh, yes, well, she, she promised the us to say <laughs> Are you Alabay all the way? Happy way! That's right. What else, Sam? You're going to say something? So, anytime I come to ask her something, I'd be like, hey, mom, can I? And then she'll interrupt me and be like, you know what you need to do? And I know there's like three answers for that that usually work it's either mow the lawn, shower, or something else. <laughs> Play piano, do school. Play piano, do school, yeah, whatever. Brush your teeth. Um. You can't control others. You can only control yourself. What does that mean? Well, it's just normally when we are mad at someone or upset about something, she says that we can't control the other person, but we can control ourselves. That's pretty accurate. I do say that a lot. What about you, Kate? What does mum say to you a lot? I love you. (laughs) That's true. I do say I love you. (laughs) All of our answers are to do with like being a better person but yours is just no katie you're perfect i love you (laughs) what's mum's answer to but why Hmm? who's who's going to be brave enough to do mum's answer for when you guys go but why because mommy said so because mommy said so because 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 (laughs) mommy said so (laughs) okay it's really annoying it's very annoying Yes, I get eye rolls before I even get into the second line of that, hey. 
No, before mm-hmm. you even start. Yeah. Just like, why do we? And then we're just like, why do we ask that question? Here it comes. Here it comes. When mom takes a deep breath. Okay, next one. What makes mom happy? Uh, family game time or family time together. Cool. That's true. Going exploring different places, family things. Taking photos of the family doing family things. <laughs> I guess just our family activities and traditions. That's, that kind of thing. That's true. Um, what makes mum sad? Sad movies and sad stories and sad stuff. Are you just going to say nouns the word sad? <laughs> yeah. Sad tables, sad chairs. <laughs> sad places, um, sad photos, sad... Uh, I had saying goodbye to family and friends who were visiting. Oh, yeah, that makes me sad. Very One sad. that you keep on telling us um, after Samurai Fight is you makes you sad when Samurai Fight. Yeah, it makes me sad when you guys fight, that's true. You must be sad a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next question. What do you think mum prays for when she prays for you? For me to stop procrastinating. <laughs> <laughs> It's a weird one to answer. Yeah. I don't like answering things for myself. Like that. Yeah. So you guys don't get to see my prayer journal really, but what's in it are things like, um, I pray for your future spouses one day who you're going to marry. <laughs> I pray for you guys and your godliness. I pray that you will love Jesus and trust him all your life. I pray for who you're going to be one day as parents and in this world and how you're going to serve the Lord in your entire life and what that might look like. And I pray for anything that you're particularly struggling with at that time when I'm praying for you. So now you know. Hmm. Um, next question. What ministry is mum involved in? Um, this? <laughs> the um, Lydia Project podcast. Um, and she does a lot of church stuff. She gets involved with that a lot where she can. She helps out. She used to lead a growth group on a Wednesday evening with our dad, but they stopped doing that this year. Just for the first half. We're hoping to start again next half. I mean, being a mother is definitely a ministry, and especially when you homeschool your kids, I think, so family ministry. Next question. If mum becomes famous, what will it be for? Writing a book. (laughs) Yeah, I think... Uh, yep, yeah, that was that my too. answer. I don't want to say this because that sounds mean, but like the closest you've come to to fame, um, as it is, would be when you wrote your your book, and that's what a lot of people knew you for. That's so. Right. Her book is Good. called Seekers of the Lost Boy. Thanks for the plug, Katie. What is Mum really good at? Um, you're really good at writing English grammar. Refurbishing. Yeah, she's <laughs> she's um, painted a lot of our tables and chairs and a few dresses. <laughs> she likes a giggle. decorating. She's she's really good at um yeah decorating and doing like stuff like that. Like she designed our bathroom or one of our bathrooms and a whole guest room which we renovated. She's pretty good about managing our schooling and like the organizational requirements that come along with that. Um, so we often do have quite thorough um, details of what we have to do and what has to get done. And yeah, also she and dad have been pretty intentional about how we've been raised, which I think is really good. And they've been fairly good at that. 
She's also really tech smart, which is great because I know a lot of my friends' parents aren't as tech smart as she is, which is, is nice because, you know, I hear stories about them having to teach their parents stuff and it's the other way around for us. Mom can tell us how to use, like, a lot of technical things. Tech smart. Okay, I didn't hear what you said. I thought you said text smart. smart. I had to think about that. I heard text smart as well. <laughs> I mean, she does text, text a lot, so she probably should be good at it. But I, I should be text smart as well. Keeping my eye on you guys and what's going on in your social media lives. Mm. What is mum not very good at? Understanding my video game. Okay. I'll be playing something and be like, oh, you want to hear a funny joke about this? And I'd like say the joke and she'd be like, huh? Huh? <laughs> and I'd be like, never mind. <laughs> so when you show me your realms and all the stuff that's going on in your realms, you reckon I actually don't understand what's plotting. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> so why do you show me? Because because we want day, you to actually like, that's know. That's so cool. How did you do that? And how did you do that? And I would just be like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Okay, so what else is mum not good at? So Sam said understanding video games. I think you're not good at knowing when to chill when it comes to, like, neatening the house and getting things ready for people to come and stay. Like, you're good at organising things so that it's good for when they come. But I think you also, like, just overestimate what people expect when they're, you know, coming to stay with people or coming to visit. Like, it's seldom that I go to someone's house to stay and expect that everything is just spring clean. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, wait, I have another What one. else is mum not good at? Um, so it's not that you're, like, not good at it. It's that you're too good at it. Like, that's no. And, and that's, that's like, explaining things. Because uh, you uh, over-explain. Like, sometimes you just explain it and it's chill because you just get it done really quickly. But what mum likes to do is she likes to break it down into minuscule steps that aren't necessary. <laughs> like, if she, no, but if it's she for her benefit. You, no, but, like, it's annoying. If she was, like, teaching you to, like, put a DVD in, like, the TV or something, she would, like, say, so, over there in that basket, there is something called a remote, and this thing does this and 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 this Yeah, first you need to buy a TV. Turning it on is when the screen lights up, you know, and she just over-explains it quite a lot, and all you need to know is take that thing and press that button, and then the screen will turn on. But okay. she likes to over-explain it a lot. But it's like That's different types. Because some people go, like, some people get it. Like, they just want to, like, tell me what to do and I'll do it. Whereas some people, like, tell me how it works and then. So I think mom's definitely let me but figure out how everything works and then I'll understand. But the thing is, like, if you literally just ask her a question for school or something, 95% of the time she'll have to explain it. Like, I get that sometimes you do it for yourself, but can you not say that in your head? Like, I don't really want to know all the minuscule refined details that I already know. Uh, okay, what else is mom not good at? Oh, I think we've Basketball. exhausted that subject. <laughs> Basketball. <laughs> next question. Okay, the next question is, what makes you proud of mom? Hmm. Like, the amount of um, time she puts into organizing our schoolwork and stuff like that, and all, like, the like the way she's raised us with Dad, like, they really thought about things when we were younger that would affect us in the future. Mm. Um, I would say she wrote a book. She managed <laughs> to write an entire book, and as Sam just said just now, that would be very hard for us because we can't even write an essay. And she managed to handle us four kids for the last, like, 16 years. 
16. What happened to the oh, first oh, 17. <laughs> oh, clearly I don't I've actually only had the four of you for the last 11 years, Dan. Yeah. That's still a long time. But yeah, if you want to find her book, it's called Sick as a Lost Boy, and I highly recommend it. <laughs> Plug you can find two. it on Amazon, and your mom, you know, like, cut this out. <laughs> yeah, go check out. Maybe mum should start a YouTube channel. Zuck. Um, oh my god. Embarrassing just... moments of the Hayes family, starting with episode one Sam Hayes, embarrassed by mum. Take yeah, one, take time. two, take three, <laughs> take four. Check Zap. I think you, you could have like an entire season from one day. A whole season in one day. Yeah. Yeah. There's a song like that. Next question is How are you and mum the same? We have the same eyes. We have the same genes. Yeah, I was about to say, genetically, we're very similar. <laughs> yeah, but in what in what way? What characteristics of mum do you reckon? I don't think else. I have any characteristics what? that are the same. Yeah, yes, you do. What? Okay, I'll go through it for all of you because I can answer this. I just can't answer it for myself. Katie and mum argue in the same way. And they get upset in the it's same like way. Dad. Um, Shush, man. <laughs> <laughs> This is not the time for hiding truth. <laughs> yeah, so Katie and Mum argue in the same way. They get upset in the same way. So they remind me of each other when they get upset. Really? Yes. Uh, Micah, uh, he looks very similar to Mum. He also does have... Um, yeah, I guess he kind of... I guess, actually, no, something that Sam says, because Sam gets huh? embarrassed easily, and... Um, oh, no. <laughs> he has this, he told me this whole theory once that he has that the difference between him and mum and Micah, or say, I think he said between me and him and mum and Micah, was that him and I had shame, and mum and Micah had no shame, and he just, he had a little monologue about it that was very funny, but it's true because mum and Micah will, like, they have no qualms doing weird things in public and <laughs> asking people, like... Oh, I know a great story that represents this. I, like, forgot it at the time, but, um, so... We were on top of Table Mountain, and we wanted Imagine a picture. Mountain South Africa, by the way. Uh, yeah, and we wanted a picture, and my mom like asked a German guy if he could like hold the phone and take a picture. And as we went up, my mom was like, "Don't run away with it." <laughs> and I was <just> like, <laughs> yeah, because he's totally gonna. I was kidding on the guy. The fastest way down is on a cable car. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like he's just gonna like hang glide down (laughs) to the (laughs) That's so true. Yeah, there's things like that because mom thinks she's really funny and she's joking. But I don't know if anyone else takes it that way. And I don't know if they no, do else take it that way. And they just stand there looking confused and we're all like... That. Mom and Mike are similar in the fact that their boundaries further out than ours. <laughs> so they will ask weird things. They'll say weird things. We have on numerous occasions said probably the same th- exactly the same thing to Mum and Micah when they've said something. We've just been like, why? Why would you say that? <laughs> and Sam, I don't know... Sam's not very much like mom. No. Because no. mom's like, mom's a bit more driven than Sam is at this point in his life, to be honest. <laughs> what about Kira and mom? 
They both like writing, which is something that I think none of the rest of the family enjoys writing. doing. Writing. Writing, sorry. Hey, I, I was going to say both stories, short, but... Writing stories and, yeah, creating stuff like that. And they, they look similar, a lot more similar than Mom and I do, in my opinion. Uh, we both love musicals. Yeah, I think we like similar literature and we both like... Like, we both really enjoy things like To Kill a Mockingbird or... Um, I'm blanking on any other books right now because that's the only one I could remember. Literally, think of Little Women. I quite liked. Um, Next question: How do you know Mum loves you? Because, because she, she tells, tells us every us single every day. day. Yeah, she has because tells mommy said so. <laughs> she tells us quite often. So. And yeah. she shows it and how much effort she puts into us. Oh. And I give you hugs. Lots of hugs. Yeah, that's that not really something. I give people I hate hugs. Mm. So all my children cope with hugs except my eldest. She's not a huggy one. It's very sad. Hey. Really cope with hugs. And guys, very last question is, what is something that keeps mum standing firm as a Christian? I guess God's word and its legitimacy. Probably dad. I think everything around her just like, just like reminds her of how like, God created the world and um, like we have Christian friends and Christian family who also will inspire her and stuff. What keeps me focused on, on believing these things? The Bible. Praying. Church. That's true. So, yeah. And uh, I would say is spending time in the Word with you guys. So it helps to spend time talking about mm. Jesus with you guys in the mornings. And that's it. So that was an interesting exercise in hearing what my kids think. Some of it is um, a little embarrassing and some of it is quite heartening. So thank you guys for taking part and taking some time out in your afternoon to spend some time chatting with me. <coughs> Any final words for the listeners of the Lydia Project from you guys? Keep Thank on you listening. for listening to this podcast. And if you want to listen to more, they're located on the Gospel Coalition website. There is a book called Seekers of Lost Boy and Amazon written by this amazing author called Taryn Hayes. I highly recommend it. It's a fictional um, historical Christian novel and it's great. I recommend it for tweens to teens to adults. So yeah, definitely recommend. Check it out. It will be linked in the description, description, description of this of, of this podcast. You, you'll find it on the podcast page linked there. Okay, guys, on this Mother's Day um, this year, is there any advice you'd like to give kids who might be listening to this podcast about um, about their relationship with their mums, about what it means to be a kids? Any any good advice you reckon? Talk to your parents about stuff, even if it you feel like it's going to be embarrassing or they won't understand. Talk to your parents because nobody does that, and it's stupid <laughs> because talking to your parents is amazing. So talk to your parents. I think yeah. Well, like, I think it's hard enough being um, like kids and teens, especially Christian kids and teens, in a world that's very secular, and more often than not, the people that. Um, are going to best be able to support you or at least be able to get you the support and stuff that you will need will be your parents um, in terms of like navigating uh, becoming an adult because they have been there before and yeah it's not always easy but I would 100% recommend investing time into talking and confiding in your parents okay guys thank you very much for 
spending this time and chatting with me and sharing the stuff with the video project it was great having you and i love you so We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of The Lydia Project. We would love you to share this episode with others, whether that be by word of mouth, social media, or leaving a review on iTunes. You can find us on most platforms using the handle at TLPCWCW. Special thanks goes to our platform host, The Gospel Coalition Australia. Music is Wholesome 7 by Dave Depper, and voiceover is by me, Jennifer Mary.